Project Sapient is a podcast meant to engage our brothers and sisters in the law enforcement and military communities in conversations that we all know we need to have. All opinions you'll hear are our own, are protected by our First Amendment of the United States Constitution, and in no way reflect or are meant to reflect the opinion of any specific agency, officer, or service member. Some opinions may be controversial. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Hello, Iman. I like this beat. You like it? I like it. How are you, sir? Oh, uh, fine. Just fucking peachy? Just fucking peachy. <laughs> it's the fucking holidays by humbug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we want Iman around for the holidays. Guys, Project Sapient, thank you for making us the number one military and law enforcement podcast on the planet. Check out our website, projectsapient.org. We want to say thank you to our supporters and our awesome new sponsors, DCD Automotive, which is the Bach Group, new car group. Our supporters, AAA Police Supply. Go to their website, AAAPolicesupply.com, and enter the code Project Sapient. You save 20% on all weapon accessories until the end of December. Our supporters, Vector Shields, Gym Junkies, Havoc Journals, our partners at the uh, weekly Havoc podcast, Second Mission, Live Boston 617, Wellness for Warriors, OD Kit, Eagle Eye Firearms, MA.com. We love you, Otis. Guntrack.app, Hule Law, Fit Cops, 22 Mohawks, and Joint Operations. And I want to mention my friend Misty Lynch. Check her website out, mistylynch.com. She helps families clarify their financial needs, investment savings, debt strategies. We're gonna have her on the show. Awesome. And it's gonna she's gonna help out guys with like, you know, entrepreneurship for veterans, cops, all that stuff. You know what she's gonna tell me? What? File for bankruptcy and go live on an island. <laughs> kinda kinda sounds good. I know. I kinda wanna it? do that. <laughs> I need that. Yeah. <laughs> So, guys, we have a special episode tonight. We have Bobby Scally. Bobby, say hi. Hey, everybody. Bobby always looks me? good, man. He looks so good. I know. I know. He's like he's like sharp. Well, sharp. Well, well, he. you know, I talked to him earlier. You guys are awesome. <laughs> I've been talk- I talked to him earlier today. He's like, yeah, I just got off the treadmill and it ran like two miles. And uh, yeah, I'm all Savage. into it. Savage. <laughs> By the way, you know, I mean, hey, he doesn't hey. look it, but he ha- he is an AARP member. Holy yeah, shit! Exactly. Dude, he knows where you live, you know, right? Uh, no, yeah, no, he's fine. right. It's like it's I am. So it, you know, it's funny. Uh, I get up and I have coffee, and it's I do two miles before I have coffee, and um, so it's like I've been trying to stay committed to it because every morning I get up and, ch- and check the Facebook. There's the animal man I'm in. He's lifting an ungodly yeah. amount of weight, and he makes me feel so guilty. Right? I gotta go work out. I've almost blocked him like five times because I'm like, I don't want to an see animal. this anymore. Hey, hey, I'm all about, I'm all about inspiring uh, and, uh, and making people good. feel bad. And exactly, making people feel bad. <laughs> oh my so, god. So, so. Topic we want to talk about. So we have uh, Bobby. He's the yep. inventor of uh, Vector Shields, uh, which we've had him on before. Yep. Uh, discussed uh, a lot of things about the product he has. But today, today's kind of a special one. So in the last couple days, there've been, uh, you know, there's been in the in the news a lot of officer involved ambushes in terms of off the, actually there was just one in Baltimore yeah. um, just happened. I don't know if you saw that one, Bobby in Baltimore. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. 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 It was a female officer sitting in a cruiser, uh, yeah. not even respond to a call. And someone came up to her and just shot her. I, I don't know if she, uh, she passed away or anything like that, but, um, and there was one in Phoenix, uh, you know, the Phoenix officer yep. that also was uh, shot 
multiple times. Uh, was that by the dude that was let? He had twenty four years as a sentence. And oh yeah, he was then, let out. Yeah, he was let out. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hear that's a huge issue in uh, in Phoenix, by the way. Look, these, um, so, these, so there's and then there's one more similar circumstance in terms of sitting in the car. I can't think of where it is, but here's the thing. It's it's funny. I was just doing some uh, training uh, recently and the need for which I've written an article about it, I've written a few articles about it the need for counter ambush techniques for cops is is a need yeah not a want it's not it's not an option anymore to train no. on it it should be a standard it should be which it, is fucking sad yeah I that's mean, fucking I mean, sad. I mean, that's the state of the world we're, we're in now. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, so I brought Bobby. Bobby, you know, uh, it was an 18 uh, Delta, uh, which is a special forces medic. He has a wealth of knowledge in uh, in this uh, type of subject, especially with his uh, experiences uh, with special forces. So, uh, so Bobby, uh, if you want to uh, remind I'm everyone. Thank, yep. thank you very much, yep. guys. But. You know, it, it, I've started working with law enforcement when you bring up Arizona, because I was out with the uh, Maricopa Sh uh, Sheriff's Office with Sheriff Apio, and um, I was with the armed posse out there because and I got involved with them because I was doing close protection work with Steven Seagal. Right. I'm Steven's. Yeah. I'm Steven's guy. We we traveled and we did a lot of stuff. And let me tell you something. Great guy. So I, I got involved with law enforcement in that phase because I was actually at that time when I left special forces. I was doing close protection and. I'll tell you what, I mean, you bring up like um, counter ambush, you know, even taking a, let's say a movie star out, you know, I'm looking for ambush points every time. And maybe I'm not against arm ambushes. I mean, majority of the time in the back of my head, of course, I am ready for that. But also I'm thinking about like paparazzis, sure. thinking about all sorts of ambushes that are happening every day. So, and that's, you know, we've been talking about this and we've been seeing a, a rash of, of officers being shot. And again, I am a big supporter of bringing training. Um, the more training that we have, I mean, we have, I mean, we have guys like yourself coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan, and we have all this wealth of knowledge and the guys who've been in a lots of ambushes. I mean, we've all seen them. We've all been involved in them. And I think we have to get that more out to um, on a broader scale, but I'm, and I'm glad we're doing this today. Just yeah. having this conversation. No, we, 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 it, this conversation needs to be had. And, you know, the, the thing is, though, I mean, Pete, you know as well as I do, some some of these big-name companies will come down and say, yeah, we're going to teach you this. We're going to, And it's more like they're selling their product, not really teaching anything. It's, it's checklist. I mean? It's checklist fucking training. It's, yeah. it's product placement. It's There's a lot of bullshit Here's involved. I mean, you you know, you're special ops, and, and in your department, has any company ever came come up to to your team or your guys and say hey we want to teach counter ambush techniques no. to you guys no i we took it upon ourselves exactly and That's we we found people from the military we found operators you know what yeah. i mean yeah. and and we took it upon ourselves and we did a lot of training on it yeah. and can i make an admission i yeah. want to make an admission to you guys right yeah. so i was on the team for a very long time i've been on the job for a very long time okay the other night i had a uh, protection detail Okay. I'm not going to tell you where, but I had a protection detail and it was three o'clock in the morning. Yep. You, we all know what happens at three o'clock in the morning. It's the mm -hmm. fucking witching hour, mm -hmm. right? I start getting heavy. Your senses start getting fucked up. Yep. Right. You start seeing things sometimes. And for some stupid reason, you guys are going to hate me for this. I took my vest off uh. and I'm like, oh man, it's a quiet night. It's fucking raining. It's this and that. I took my vest off. I put it to the side and I'm just kind of sitting there. I have about 45 minutes left to this fucking detail, right? 
all of a sudden my senses, my spidey senses start going up. Fucking, I look back, there's a car, fuck. Everything started seeming wrong. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I see another car. It, it ended up being nothing. Okay. Yeah. But I see another car coming down the street the wrong way, fucking lights off. My fucking senses went through the goddamn roof. My pistol was out before I even knew it. Yeah. And then I remember saying to myself, I could have just been ambushed without my fucking gear on. Yeah. Thank yeah. God that my senses went through the roof and everything started fucking working, but I didn't yeah. have time to put my vest on. I didn't have any of that stuff. So the importance of what we're doing here, just to get it even into the mind yeah. of guys that we need to train and constantly be aware of the ambush. Exactly. So, so like, like Bobby said, you know, when, when you were doing your uh, close protection details and, and various other things that you've done in your life, um, you always look for choke points. You always look for ambush points. You look for uh, OPs. You know, the, the, you go through the whole METC list, right? And yeah. you, you kind of, uh, you know, put it in the back of your head where, okay, you know, you're doing it consciously and subconsciously. You know, that's how you're able to react or m not so much react. It becomes a reflex because you train on it for so you know, long. You know, I'm in, that's what happens. We've done it so many times that in every aspect of our life, we continue to do it. Yeah. We know when we're sitting somewhere, like Pete, you're saying, you know, I felt, I felt, you know, the feeling, the part of the body that controls the feeling aspect or the emotional aspect is the um, amygdala. Yep. So what happens is your amygdala becomes activated and it's sending out all these, all these nerve impulses to the rest of your body where now you're becoming hypervigilant. See, and you know what that is, is that's a lot of training. You see, all of a sudden you're picking up cars coming down the wrong place. I have my vest off. I am now in a vulnerable position, right? You know that you're in an ambush. You are capable of now being hurt in an ambush. Yeah. And, and now you say, why did I put myself here? And, and you're not doing it intentionally right. because I'm sure that a lot of officers, what do they do? They stop to have a bite, to have a cup of coffee. And now before you know it, someone steps out with the weapon, 200 milliseconds, not seconds, milliseconds yeah. in firing a shot and in, in injuring or killing an officer. I'm in, I'm in, what are the stats on that? So the, the four science class, again, I, if any officer listening or any military uh, guys listening and have not done four science training, I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, these guys are neurologists. There are doctors, cops, uh, military, SWAT, you name it. They have quite the uh, cadre. Their research, right? Their research after viewing thousands upon thousands of body cams, officer-involved shootings, their own testing, all that stuff. They found that, again, like you said, 200 is a millisecond, right, Bobby? That's 100% accurate. Milliseconds. Yeah, that's 100. Not seconds. No, milliseconds. So the bad guy already has in his head that, or her head, that I'm going to ambush this cop. It's already there. They're waiting for that perfect opportunity to do that, like a predator, right? They're waiting. They, they want to see how they want to get you. When they actually do it, it is, when actually they do it, point two, it takes 0.25 milliseconds for them to the, attack the officer. The officer's reaction or reflex time is already behind the eight ball. An average officer's reaction time, uh, depending on training, whatever, it is 0.75 milliseconds to a second and a half to react. Look, it's almost like a force of nature, right? Action is faster than reaction. Yeah, We're yeah. never going to be able to counteract that. It's yeah. impossible. No, it, right? it, it is. What we can do is sharpen our skill sets exactly. to be able to minimize. Action, Stay yeah. in action. Right. Right. The way of beating action is to be already be in action. Yeah. Now okay. you were already in action, even though you were a little bit behind, you were already in action because you were hypervigilant. Your eyes 
were open. You saw things happening. You were situationally aware yeah. of what was going around you 360 degrees. I think and that, that right there is because you're an operator. Now, someone with a little best, a little less experience in that same position may be vulnerable to be killed. Well, that, here's the thing. That's the thing. Like, so this poor get kid, you know, Phoenix police officer, 22 years old, um, you know, not enough life experience. I don't know if he's prior military because, you know, we, we do have officers that are that young, 22, but, you know, they went into military 18, they get out, they become police officers. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, it, it was like, all right, I don't know what his life experience is like, but you know, was he behind eight ball? Like, I'm not going to Monday morning quarterback the kid, but it, it's, it's one of those things like, I, like, how do we teach that though? Like how do, yeah. you know, we bring it out and how do we put it to the most, to make it probably the most important training for law enforcement. I think it should be in the academies. I think it should be in specific classes, not just for SWAT or any special uh, special ops type unit on um, policing. This should be on the patrol level because it's patrol guys that are getting hit all the time. Me at SWAT, I know, again, like I always say, we know our targets. We know who we're going after. It's all pregame, just like just like in Special Forces, when you, you know, on an ODA unit, you know who you're hitting, you, yes. you know the target, recon's already been done, your rehearsals, the whole nine yards, and when you do it, that's why it's flawless, right? That That's right. the reason. We, we That's why we do what we do. But as yeah, a patrol- we plan and replan. We exactly. Plan and exactly. Replan. And we have plan A, plan B, plan C, all the way to Z. Right. We already have all those contingencies in, in action. But as the average patrol officer who shoots twice a year, maybe right with 50 rounds to 100 rounds and that's it and uh, works the details and, and not the actual uh, hybrid wolf type cop. Those are the ones that get targeted that quickly because. Well, the predator knows. The predator knows. Exactly. And Bobby, I think I told you, I, I've told you this where, you know, this, this suspect, me and him were circling each other, you know, um, in front of a yeah. desk. So, so yeah. me, you know, I'm preventing that ambush, right? I'm setting myself up to win and he knew it. That's why he didn't end up doing anything. I set you, know myself what? Up. It, you know what it is? It's an anthropological response. And we don't really understand. Well, we do. But but at, if we're not aware of it, we really don't understand what's happening inside the human body um, to, to actually help us succeed in those positions. Right. Right. What's happening? Like, for instance, when we're afraid, our eyes open up very wide. That's a that that is a a, a sympathetic response to allow us to kind of like engage we're now letting more light into so we can see more of a, of, of a, of a, a hundred and it's actually 190 degrees in front of us. But what's happening is our body is compensating and in, in catching up to what the attack. So we can, act, if we listen to our body and we can become hypervigilant and we don't try, try to suppress that quick jerking motion, we can actually beat and stay ahead of this as long as we let the body do its job, right? Let it do its job. There's a lot of, and even when you, you were talking about the suspect and you guys yeah. were circling each other, right? Even if he's had no formal training, yeah. it, we're still, there's a lot of animalistic tendencies. There's subconscious and conscious cues that yeah. we know and pick up on. Yes. Right? Predators. Yeah. Predators. Yeah. There's predator and prey. And that's a natural, that's in our DNA, right? That's in our evolutionary standard. Yeah. And uh, if we get cops to train and be aware of their conscious and sub and ub, unconscious uh, uh, feelings. Yeah. I think, and we can train them to do a millisecond better every time. That's the difference between life and death. So, so going, you know, into my experience, like when I went to war and all that, before that, 
that primal instinct was there, but it wasn't there. You know, it wasn't you know as tuned. Mean? It wasn't as tuned. Uh, once I had my experiences at war, shit, that shit was like, bam. You know, it's in the forefront because, you, you know, as I do, Bobby, at war, your primal instincts is all you have to survive. You know, and, and it becomes it becomes where your senses become hypervigilant, where you can smell better, yeah. you can taste better, yep. you can see better. Yeah. And people said, well, what is that? You know, and then you start to drink more fluid. Yep. You start to oxygenate more. And then you become in such a, a, a good peak physical state that you're kind of 360 degrees aware of what's going on around you. Yeah. You know, in like close protection, because we talk a lot about that. The first person you need to keep safe is yourself. Yeah. Some young patrol um, you know, man or woman sitting in a car somewhere in the country eating supper, they have to keep themselves protected. And what that means is they develop that hypervigilant state to know that at any moment someone has a weapon, somebody is a weapon and can hurt and kill them. Yes. And we're seeing more and more of oh, it. Oh, we and are. I, and I'm so passionate about this. I mean, I'm in, we're on with the commissioner the other day yeah. and she said, I can feel your passion. I said, you know why? Because I'm sick and tired of seeing people killed. Look at Iran and Afghanistan has ended, yeah. but the war that's happening in the streets of America is resulting in death every single night. Yeah. Every day I get up and I read the paper, I'm seeing a young officer being killed. Yeah. You know why? Is it is it lack of training? No, I don't think so. I think we need more training. Yeah. They've got a lot of great training, yeah. but I think we need to train for mission-specific stuff like ambushes, yeah. assassinations. Yeah. I mean, I think I personally think that, that a, a, an attack on a police officer is an assassination. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah. they're assassinating that representation of authority. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. why they're killing them. Yeah. And that's scary because that person may have done nothing except been there just to protect um, you or me or um, somebody that needs help. Yeah. And now they've been assassinated. Yeah, exactly. That, that's the thing. Like, like, you know, the, the, the Baltimore uh, officer who was sitting in her car, probably doing a report or doing something. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, this guy goes up and just shoots, shoots her. And, you know, I, I don't, again, I don't know if she passed away or if she's, uh, she's a, I know, I know last I checked, she was in critical condition. Uh, doctors are working on her, but, but, you know, it also reminds me of the two officers. Here's the thing, two officers who were sitting in a car get ambushed and the female officer, even after getting yeah, shot in the LA, face, LA. LA, even after getting yeah. shot in the face, she stayed in that fight, right? Unbelievable. So, so in, in your experience, uh, Bobby, what is that right there? You, you know what it is? I mean, it's what we talk about all the time. It's mindset. Yeah. It's, you know, because here's the difference. When you, when you know you're going to work every day with a right, with a pistol or a rifle and you know that you could be killed, your mindset is totally different than it is going to work to, program a computer because you're accepted death. And that's may that may sound kind of crazy, but both of you sitting there, you know that every day you go to work, you could be shot. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Correct. Now, if you were to be shot, this is a crazy question, but I ask this every time we do a class, where would you like to be shot? <laughs> oh, probably uh, arm or leg. <laughs> Correct. Okay, you ready? Why? Uh, because my other extremities, I can uh, other arm I can use. Uh, you know, I can still stay in the fight. Yeah. Well, to me, that's very open ended because the first thing I thought of was anywhere that it doesn't take me out of the fight. Yeah. Correct. You know, you see the mindset. You see the mindset. Your mindset went to okay. I'm injured, but I've got to go back into the fight. Right. Both yeah. If you thought that way, yeah. because you know you're not going to let that injury. 
stop hold you, you down yeah. or, or, oh, or, hell or no. finish you off. Oh, hell right? no. I mean, here's the thing. Like, like at war, and you, uh, you've seen it too, Bobby, in Special Forces. At war, like, you know, when we're fighting, man, there are some outstanding soldiers that even through injuries – they could give a fuck. They're staying in the fight. They will not yeah. go home. They will not go to Germany like with us in Iraq. You know, I mean, you know, not to pat myself on the back or anything, but I tore an MCL. They stay in the fight. Uh, you know, I tore an MCL during a mission. I kept going, but then, you know, when I went to see the medic after the mission was done, um, you know, they were like, oh, we got to send you to Germany so we can fix your knee. I'm like, fuck that. I'm not going anywhere. I'm like, tape it up, and I'm still, I'm going to be here throughout the deployment. So, but, but here's mindset. the mindset. Exactly, mindset. mindset. That's all it is. It's, it's 100% mindset is because, you know, here's the thing. You, you get shot, right? Your mind right away goes to, oh, shit, <laughs> you, you know? And it's, it's that intense, intense freeze, you know, run or fight. And you know, we see it like whenever we see a police officer or, or someone in the military killed there, but for the grace of God, go I. Yeah. And we both said, you know, we want to know more about what happened and, and, and could have been avoided. And unfortunately we have to talk about lessons learned, right? We have oh, to yeah, talk. We have about to, it. we have to. And, and, I, and that's how we honor the officer or the warrior that has passed by talking about the death and, and again, giving it meaning because to us it has meaning. Yeah. That's, right? that's why, you know, we, we always talk, we said, you know, a very important aspect of any operation, patrol, whatever, is even if you, you take on casualties, you have to talk about it because yeah. you know what? You honor the officer. Here's the thing. The, uh, there, there's a family, there's a the really popular video of an officer. Uh, well, I shouldn't say popular, but it's, it's a very well circulated video amongst law enforcement where an officer was get killed, but it was the family. The family wanted that video circulated to honor their son and to learn from the mistakes that were done by his agency and him and all that. And they wanted that to drive that home. And I found that very powerful at the time when, when yeah. I, you know, the video I'm talking about, yeah. um, it, it, it was a very, very powerful thing for the family to say, no, this is very important for officers to learn. That's the way we should be. You, right? you know, something, you, you know, before this podcast happened, um, Pete, we're talking about someone that we know that was was shot and grazed, and yep. it's, and it's it's an amazing conversation that we have almost daily. Like almost daily, we have these conversations. I have to go into departments because obviously I I do with ballistics, but I go into departments and I have been in departments where I've left and and the guys I've spoken to were killed. Now that carries with me, yeah. Because when I have a police chief, someone saying, "Well, let me think about more ballistics." Well, let me think about it. Like you're kidding me, right? What like, is there to think I, about? If I could build, if I could build RoboCop, I would build it. Now people said, "Hey, um, you know," and I don't want to get too much off the subject, but but this ambushing has to stop, and the only way it's going to stop is if we get teams out there to really start to create the awareness and the training for all this counter ambushing. That's you know the ambush. That's because here's what's going to happen. It's going to escalate. I was yeah. just going to say, so it, when you think about it, right, it's an elephant in the room. It's a, it's a total elephant in the room. And right now, people like you, Bobby, you're approaching people and you're seeing firsthand that it's an yes. elephant in the room to even these chiefs and stuff, right? Yeah. Five years ago, say eight years ago, if we started talking about ambushes eight years ago, we would have been like, eh, yeah. it doesn't, it happens, but it's not crazy. Eight years ago, you and I and Bobby would think and say, it's going to get worse. Oh, it's going to get, it's going to happen. Where are we now? Yeah. 
How much worse Columbia, does it need was, to get? I was in Colombia with, with the Colombian National Police beat, and the um, Colonel Juan Carlos said to me, he said, you know, in America, he said, we lose one a night. He said, you'll be at the same point and maybe more. Yeah, I believe it. And, and you know what? When I hear people talk about, like, and they just gloss over an officer has been killed. But you know what? I don't think they understand it. It's not the officer. It's the representation right. of who that officer was. He was protecting society right. and the rules of society so we could live normally and go and not have people cutting us off and pulling guns and shooting us as we drive. Right. So so it, it's the representation of the assassination of society that they're not looking at. No, now, is it, is it going to get worse? Yes, it is going to get worse. Cause you know why Pete, because the bad guys have figured out they can walk up to a car and we all know the cars are not armored up and they should be. Most of them should be. And they're going to fire through the windows and they're going to shoot and kill police officers. And I think it's a travesty. And I think every politician should say to themselves, our our protectors of society should be driving around and, and listen, I don't I don't do ballistic vehicles, but I think we should have them. Yeah. Right. I think we should have ballistic glass. I think I think we should have all this protect. I travel the country and I never hear a police officer say to me, hey, I need more guns. You know what they say to me? Every single department, we need better ballistic protection. Yep. Yep. And and how many departments have you been to, Bobby? Just just oh with your God. company. I, I know you California been to-, to America. Yeah. Hundreds. Yeah. Hundreds. And I'll tell you, and every time I see a police officer get ambushed, I, I, I get sick to my stomach because it's showing the breakdown of society. Listen, it isn't the blue line versus this one. It's it's somebody fighting society and the representation of the protectors of society. Yeah, so, I 100% um, agree. Uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, agree. I wanted to talk a little bit about um like like what I did like in on on ambushes. Yeah, 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 ambushes. yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, well we learned special forces, right? Like we're, we're very heavy on doing ambushes and raids and stuff like that. When we're going through the Q course and even when we get to our teams, because predominantly, you know, whether it's a snatch mission or whether what type of mission it is, we're going to have to set up an ambush, right? We have to stop somebody during the movement to get them. Yes. So there's, there's things about in order to be able to, identify that you're sitting in ambush, you really have to learn how to set them up. So when you learn how to set things up, right, and then you learn to deconstruct them. So when you're like you, like you, Pete, you're sitting inside an ambush site, you knew because being in special operations, how many times have you set those up? Right, Right, exactly. Yeah. Right, so you're on the receiving end. During that time, right, I obviously acted and I acted you know, with a lot of instinct. Like I remembered thinking later, how did I get out of the fucking car? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I did a lot of things that I never realized I did. The point is, as it was happening, I was playing through it in my mind. I played through that I got shot. I played through that my arm got shot. I played through that I didn't have a vest on. I, I did everything. And it was because I was desensitized to it. Because I had been, again, like that person that we were talking about earlier that got shot, him and I, he was in the, he was actually in my head, Bobby. Yeah. He was actually in my head and it was, you know, don't stop, keep moving, keep doing this, keep doing that. And he just got shot. Yeah. Isn't <laughs> it amazing? You know what I mean? And yes. all of that training was in me because he had shot me plenty of fucking times. And I tell it to Iman all the time. I said, listen, listen, you, you owe it to a lot of people 
and I push him a lot, which he doesn't need any pushing, but I, because I'd say he's got a wealth of knowledge, you know, and I don't think even people know his background. Like, listen, I grew up in Charleston. I grew up with bank robbers and gangsters and people always ask me, I've got brothers that rob banks, yeah. but I, I didn't, but I grew up around that environment. Now I'm in growing up in, you know, uh, Monrovia during the civil war, Beirut during the civil war. Like you truly grew up in your seeing this right yeah. seeing car explosions yeah. watching artillery strikes as a kid like yeah. fireworks yeah. and that type of stuff yeah. so i think it's important to get like guys like yourselves with a lot of experience and to teach these younger guys these men and women that are sitting out there in patrol maybe listening to us tonight yeah. and saying you know um could this happen to me and i think the realization is yes it can oh yeah right the, the elephant in the room let's yeah. be honest can you be shot and killed? Yes, yes, you could be. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I accepted it, you know, back, uh, of course, in Iraq. Again, war was a huge, pivotal part of my life. Like yeah, but you've been in war since you were born. I, I know, I know. But, but, you know, those primal instincts were never really looked at by me, like internally. I never really, they, I knew they were there. And, you know, I got into my fights in high school and middle school, whatever, you know, just common kid stuff. But what really brought it out was going to war because I was forced and I was placed in positions of extreme discomfort, we'll call it, and I had to fight right through it. It was now your job. Exactly. It was not now my job. But but like you said, Pete, when your training takes over because you do so many reps, your training literally does take over. That is such a true, true one hundred and ten percent truth where that it's not made up. You know, it's not Hollywood. No, that shit is real. All right, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Remember a couple of months ago, you sent me a picture. You had gotten shot oh, with, yeah, a fucking, yeah. with a sim yeah, round. Yeah, yeah, right in the forum. And we laughed about it. I was yeah. like, oh, best teacher in the world, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you not, to this day, remember why you got shot? Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> and have yeah, you not yeah. adjusted after oh, so many years absolutely. of operating and all that absolutely. shit, you've adjusted what you're doing? Exactly. It, it, one, one shot. Just one shot. That's the thing that, that again, the counter ambush techniques can't be taught in a classroom. It has to be done. You have to feel it. You have to feel it. You have to, that, that's why, you know, uh, with Bobby, you, you know, it's, it's what you We need. talk all the time. I yeah. mean, we talk all the time and I bring a lot of the medical stuff to it. Yeah. My children have asked me during an active shooter event in a school, what do I do? Really simple event. Um, get on one knee, assess the situation, move in the opposite direction of fire. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm teaching this to my kids. Now that's sad, but it's a reality. Yeah. Now, when I talk to some young patrol person in Virginia or Texas or somewhere else like that, and they say, hey, what do I do? I say, number one, assess the situation. Exactly what Pete was doing. You, was, you saw something, you were assessing that situation, whether it's an OODA loop or whatever you want to call it. We all know what that is, but you assess the situation, right? Now, the second thing, because of what I sell, and I'm not saying the vector shield, you know, because of that, but I'm saying put a barrier between you and the shooter. Yeah. And sitting in a car, your barrier may be as simple as the A or B pillar, right? Yeah. Yeah. It may be, yep. or, yeah. or something that you can get between you and the aggression or the shooter, right? Yeah. And we know that cover is caliber dependent. Yeah. So, you know, you know that the rounds may come through your patrol car. Oh, no, they will. They, the cars are made out of plastic. Correct. <laughs> gonna, let's yeah. say they're going to slow. Let's, go, let's say it may slow the round down, yeah. depending what caliber. Yeah. Or you, you're, you're positioning your vest to get up in front of you to protect yourself, right? Yeah. yeah. And now, the most important thing that I can say to anybody listening is this. 
Know where your critical mass is, your critical mass alignment. And what that means is this. If you go poking your head in around a corner, your brain housing group, you may be shot in the head, right? Yeah. Protect the critical mass. Yeah. Your critical mass, what we always say, is this portion of the body. Yeah. The brain, the face, the, the pumping station, the hydraulics, yep. the lungs, everything comes in here. You can survive a bullet strike yep. to the peripheral of the body, right? Yep. Arms and legs. And, and still be in the fight. Yeah. But if you take a round to the center line of your body, you're going to be out of it. Yeah. I was talking to a buddy of mine, um, Andres. Remember? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, um, I know. Yeah. Yeah, Andres, we're talking about this. And um, we were talking, he was telling us about um, a firefight he had. And basically what was going over was he said he was putting the trees between him and the shooter and forcing the shooter to have to readjust fire around the trees, That's, right? Yep. So he he was controlling the firefight. Now, it's the same thing. I was just in Virginia and I, I heard of a hor horrific story of a patrol person sitting in a car, right, Pete? Yep. Sitting in a car, kid jumps out of the car with an AR, 30 round magazine and starts squeezing rounds off. What does the officer do? He goes to the, to the seat to avoid the rounds. What does the shooter do? Runs up along runs up the along. side yep. and shoots and kills him inside the car. Yeah. So ready? Do we need do we need ambush and counter ambush training for law enforcement? Yes, we do. Do we have some really good people, guys like yourselves, other guys that can come in and have set up so many ambushes, yeah. have been involved in ambushes and, and on every level. And I think um I think that we should push it. I think it has to be done. Oh no! It and has I think to. if anybody needs any information, contact us, any one of us. Yeah, and we'll, we'll steer you in the right direction. Absolutely. I mean, you can reach out to, to Bobby at, at VectorShield.com, uh, and you can reach out to us at Project Sapient at uh, Project Sapient twenty twenty at Gmail .com. And and that's the thing. It's it's a very very important thing. But but you know, here's the thing though, right? You always hear the pushback, right? Oh, counter ambush. You you'll create. Uh, killers, you know, instead of actual police officers. And, you know, you, you know how that mindset is, right? With, with, with average everyday civilians and all politicians, which I hate politicians. I'll repeatedly say that for the rest of my life because they have no fucking clue, but it, it, it it's, it's incumbent. It's a incumbent. Again, I always say guys who are boots on the ground, it's incumbent on us to voice that, to make that happen because you know what? There's fucking almost a million cops in America, a million cops saying we need this fucking training. You know what? They're going to listen. You know, hey, you know, what's funny. I'm in um, like Pete. He's actually, you know, Pete, the like saying, oh, I feel kind of bad. I did this. But you know what? That's awesome that you say that because that's the first you're ahead of the curve because you knew you were doing something outside of the norm, just taking your vest off. Right now, you, no, you didn't. You knew you you knew it. You one hundred percent knew it. And, and I admit that, that I did wrong. Off, you became more hyper vigilant. Yeah. You started seeing the movement of things happening yeah. and saying, "Oh wow, what's what's going on now?" And now you're back in the game. But you know what? You're at, you were ahead of the curve because you could identify it. I even went so far as to thinking about it, like post game, debriefing it to myself and thinking, I was sitting outside of somebody's house. If there was a camera that saw the way I acted, they would have been like, what the fuck did this guy just do? Yeah. Like, what the fuck did this guy just do? Yeah. Not knowing what was in my head and all that. Yeah. And then I said to myself, you know what? I don't give a fuck. Yeah, no, who cares? Because if it right. was real, yeah. I would have won. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that and there, there's mindset right there, right? Yeah, that's mindset. What, that's mindset. I would have won. Now, Sun Tzu always said that uh, if to uh, you, you've already had to win a war in your head before you actually yeah. went to war. I, I'm paraphrasing, but it's somewhere you know along those lines where in your head you already won. It doesn't. Well, matter. you know what I mean. There's the problem with a lot of um, predators is they they misconstrue prey. Yeah. They think <laughs> that a pre another predator they like they 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 don't they don't see it. Until yeah. it's too late. Well, that's yeah. a good thing. That's our advantage. Someone thinking it's prey, right. and it's like you're walking down an alley, and all of a sudden you're faced with a lion who's just laying there sleeping. Well, if you wake up that lion, you're gonna have a bad day. Oh, right. Yeah. So the thing, the thing is that I tell people, don't misconstrue someone being nice or an officer being nice is that they're not predators because <laughs> they have to be in order to catch them. Yeah. Yep. And so, so this is exactly what Sun Tzu said. This is exactly what Sun Tzu said. Victorious warriors win first, then go to war, while defeated warriors go to war first and then seek to win. That's where you lose is when you're seeking to win when you're already behind that eight ball. Yeah. Right. And and mm -hmm. and that's that's the most important thing between that whole predator and prey. I'm setting up he, the predator doesn't realize when I'm moving certain pieces, I'm setting him up to be the prey. Right. Yes. They, they don't realize it, right? Like walking around that table with exactly, that guy. Exactly, exactly. When, when, when I'm doing a complex narcotic investigation and I can't identify the actual target, what I start doing is systematically breaking down his entire organization until he reveals himself to me, right? Because now he's forced to. That's the type of game out there that, that I play, that Pete would play. That, that's, that's the extreme advanced law enforcement, if you want to call it, uh, side of what we actually do. You know, that where I always say, you know, I, I work in the shadows. I work in, in that type of environment. But the average everyday patrol officer that is not exposed to this shit, that's who we need as 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 advanced law enforcement officers as special forces as as rangers whoever you might be we need to put this out there to this young 22 23 year old who just graduated the academy and not once did they think about oh i might get ambushed one day you know like like when i set up my cruiser if it, when i was on patrol and I'm, i need to type up a report when I, when I set up my cruiser i'm i'm backed against the wall mm -hmm. that way i see everything in front of me Right. I don't have any any, you know, I, I already know my exit strategy. I already know what I need to do here. I already played it out in my head. I think and if you have to step out of that vehicle, engage in in, in in trade bullets, you know that you have mobile ballistic cover that you can take with you. Exactly. And again, people ask me about Vector, like, oh, is it a shield? Listen, we're a protective barrier. And the whole thing is about protecting the center line. So you know what? So we'll keep you in the fight. Yeah. Here's the question. Can I be shot holding a Vector barrier? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, can. absolutely. But hopefully you'll be shot in a good place. Yeah. And right. you know what? As a warrior, you understand that and respect that. Yeah. If you want me to lie to you, you could hold a big shield and and get shot in the calf and the leg and we've seen it happen haven't yeah. we John? oh yeah yes. we have. oh we have right? uh, like, like so, recently too <laughs> so yeah. with with lapd swat when i was training with them uh i was automatically a casualty like you know we did the entry and like bam you're shot all right you're down and you know they said oh you're shot in the leg and they had to put the tourniquet on i was like hey uh you know i put my hand up i'm like hey fuck that i'm still in the fight can i get get back into it like <laughs> and what do they do ready i mean what do they do those guys train 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 and then a week later where are they oh yeah we see the hostage the rescue kicking down a door to rescue a woman yep. and they ventilated the guy that was holding her yeah. and they did it on 
body camera and they yeah. did it superbly. Oh, you know it what? was amazing. I give those guys so much credit. Oh yep. my god, that was amazing. And just and it was the same group. A week of guys. after shooting you. Yeah. A week <laughs> after a week after training me, they they rescue a hostage. You know, it's it's right. amazing that that we have these types of warriors in our ranks, right? In law enforcement, yet certain uh groups in this country are the ones that are trying to push us away. Right. And, and so, and you know, you know, like you guys, you guys are in departments and I'm not. And and the thing is that I find myself getting more and more abrasive with commanders. Like, and I want to say, <laughs> yeah, like, welcome, hey, welcome to our world. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, you know, I tell you why I want to say like, Hey, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah. And the reason I say that is I'll give you the shit for free if I could. And I'm trying to with grants and stuff like that, but I'll tell you what, I just want people to have more ballistic protection because they're going to die. These kids that are, are out there, like, for instance, every class I have, as I leave, I know that in two or three nights, there'll be some other casualty. And if I could put something in their hands to prevent that, then I did my job. And if you want to stand against me politically, go fuck yourself. Because <laughs> yeah. you know what? I take money out of my pocket yep. to make sure that some good person that's raising their children that's going home at nighttime that's a productive member of society and 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 i gotta play politics well i ain't gonna fucking do it yeah and you know what you want to you don't want to buy my product that's great don't buy it but you know what um my biggest supporters are people who use it it's not um the politicians and i could care less they don't know bobby and and you nope. know that because you're a smart enough guy they don't know what the hell is going on and no. because you of know, people I, like I, you I, I was telling i'm in this and this and i don't want to interrupt you people this is so important paul hamilton a good guy i was overselling to everett massachusetts what happened was this i'm i'm selling vectors we're talking vectors at a dunkin donuts late at night yeah. and i'm sitting there with him and nobody here on the right next to him shots fired shots fired he looks at me and he says if my, he goes, you're coming with me. Yeah. If my guy's hit, you're working on him. Yeah. Right. I hop in the car. I'm selling vectors. All right. I hop in the car. Now we're off to a shooting. Now I have my Maricopa um, uh, posse credentials, you know, my badge and shit like that. But I'll, but he, he looks at me and he says, you take the victim. I'll take the shooter. He jumps out of his car and he's chasing a shooter down the street with no protection by himself. Yeah. Now, I tell it to people, and I said, "Let me tell you something. Balls of steel, you can't make this up." And then, and then, obviously, the girl died. She had three bullet centerline bullet holes. There's nothing I could do for her. But it, and I was, you know, again, I was there in case one of the officers were down. Um, and I, again, I've, I've dealt with a lot of bullet strikes. But, but my point being is that people don't realize that that it, we, we sit and we talk about this, but but we face death every every day through our friends, through ourselves. Um, you're with LAPD. Now they're out there. A week later, they're out there. Pete, we're talking. And a week before, friends of ours are being shot. Now we're talking about um, every... Now who knows who'll be shot and killed next week. But we have to, we have to be an advocate for this training. Absolutely. We can't sit back and be passive anymore. No. We have to write Congress people. We have to demand better, protect, better police training. Um, because you know why... When if society falls, who do we have to protect us? Yeah, that's 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 my soapbox. And that's <laughs> well, like like that commissioner said, Bobby, you're you're very passionate, you know, and that that's why we love you. Because here's the thing, you you've seen it, you know, you've done yeah. it, you've seen it, uh, you know, all over the world, you know, where where you operated, and and you know, you know, and and like me and you say, we we know what it's like when when a fellow soldier dies in front of us, and yes. and the toll it takes on us, and and, and that's the thing, it, it, you know, I I don't want 
uh, an officer, um, I don't want someone in my department, peace department, whatever, uh, who we, you know, die in front of us as, as we're working. I mean, Boston Marathon bombing was one of the biggest events in, in the state. And, and it was, it was, it was sheer pandemonium panic because it was a lot of ambushes. Those two fuckers did right. A lot. And, yeah, and primary and secondary explosion. Exactly. I mean, they were well-trained. No, but they, that's the first thing I saw when I saw the explosions, I'm like, Oh, those are Daisy chain right away. That was my first thought in my head. Daisy chain IEDs. They need to, where's court. the rest? Where's the rest? Where's the shooters? Because that was like, to me, I went right back to Iraq. I'm like, Holy fuck. Daisy, because I pictured something that happened actually, uh, on our MSR, uh, um, it, basically means major supply route for those who aren't in the middle of MSR Cheyenne, where a transportation company got hit by daisy chain IEDs and then a linear ambush came at them. Yeah, because it funneled people. It funneled. And, and exactly. that's what I was, I remember that specifically on yeah. Boylston Street. I'm like, everybody just funneled that way. Yeah. If I was a bad guy you and I wanted there. to take out more, I'd be on the other side of that. Exactly. So so right away, that that's where my mind went. But but here's the other thing. Here's the thing. The untrained officer who right. doesn't understand ambushes and, and the, the dynamic and the physiology in terms of what his, his or her body will go through, the are already behind that eight ball because it's that panic. The key to that, I'm in, and the key to everything that Bobby's talking about is training. Yeah, right? oh yeah, because absolutely. I I was new on the team. I was about two years onto the team, and I remember, and I'll fully admit it. Up until I got to about three, four, five years of being an operator, did my heart rate start coming down? Did yeah. I start seeing things differently? You know yeah. what I mean? And during the marathon bombing, I had only gone through minimal training. I'd gone yeah. through the SWAT school yeah. and all that stuff. It comes down to training. It comes yeah. down to desensitizing the mind, the yep. body, and getting our conscious and subconscious actions it, aware. Here's what's, what's amazing. A mutual friend of ours, uh, uh, Will, uh, Bobby, you know him. You know what I'm about okay. to say. One of the things, he was a special force trainer. He was in special forces, but also was an instructor at the school, at SFQ, at yep. Sears School, all those. So he talked to me about, I was like, hey, I know like with special forces, uh, in terms of like ambushes, whatever, how do you guys, you know, get your heart rates down and all that and all that? He says, Oh, I, it's easy. You know how we do it? I'm like, what? He's like, we send fuckers into the building and we fuck them up. They have yes. no weapons. They yeah. have nothing. Yeah. They, 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 eventually they gets to a point where they do, they're doing so many fucking reps that once they give them the weapons with Sims and everything, they go in and they're like that. But, but that's you know, what that's, these leaders need to consider yeah. is that they need courageous leadership. We need courageous leadership. And we also need, uh, you know, leadership that comes forward and says, listen, I support and I support this. Now there's a, there's an expression called cool under fire, right? We've all heard that. Yeah. And, 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 and that's basically what that means is that you've done it so many times that it just becomes another day at the office, whether yeah. it's right. Yeah. Yeah. Become, how many times we all laugh about that before a mission, you go to sleep, you're relaxed, your body lets loose. Yeah. You're after doing it for so long, you're not even upset. You don't even become a little bit nervous because you you psychologically in in through meditation, self-meditation and breathing, you're relaxed, you're going into a bad situation, right? On the bear cat yeah. or on a hitting something, you're relaxed and calm. But yeah. that's what leadership needs to realize, right? Is if it takes Bobby, how many years did you do? I'm in how many years did you do? Yeah. How many years did I do? It's not gonna be solved by one training during, you know, a three hour fucking course yeah, with a check in the with box. With a check in the box. Say, oh, it needs to be continuous. It needs to be continuous. It it what it needs is 
train the trainer, obviously, right, for uh, law enforcement to go to these schools to get law enforcement trainers to really see the impact that it happens. Because, again, it has to be done not in fucking PowerPoint or classroom. It has to be done for real. You need to feel it. Feel it. You need to feel that fear in you. Now, I'm not saying Sims will never replicate actual gunfire, but it gets you to a point where, oh, shit, you know, you get that oh, shit moment when you're getting shot at by Sims. It, it, it happens, but it, it, it also makes them realize that, wow, we don't train. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. You know that the brain can't distinguish the, between training and reality if the training is up to reality? Yeah, now, exactly. Did, right? And what happens is your body physiologically will respond to the same type of threats, the release of epinephrine, you know, yeah. the, the, uh, the glucogen in, in your system. Um, the the, the uh, dilation of your blood vessels, you know, the increase in, in pulse and respirations and all that stuff that's going on. The reason it's doing that is because um, your body is ahead of you. It's yes. ahead of your, even you, even your training, it's ahead of you. Yeah. So when you learn going through training and, and, you know, one thing about special forces and ranger school and all those schools, they're just leadership schools. And again, we talk about train the trainer, right, Pete? Yeah. You've got to be, you got to train people to the level that they could actually stop the class and then be the trainer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That, that and, and, but that's the thing. Like, like you said, Bobby, special forces, rangers, all these high, high caliber schools, they are leadership schools because after, you know, after some time, these operators can teach themselves, you know, they can yeah. teach it themselves because we do that a lot with SWAT where, where, you know, we get placed into a situation where we're like, all right, Hey, you got to run a room clearing class, like right away on the spot. You know, yeah, it's like, it's like constructivism. Like, exactly. you know, start from the, start from the position that like, for like, I mean, how many times have we went in and gave a class and, um, and you know what level they're at. You just oh my know. God, yeah. Like these, these are pipe hitters. Yeah. Like, like you're not gonna teach them shit. And, no. and I don't agree right. with this attitude. Like, hey, I'm gonna because listen, I get more from their classes from these these little pearls of wisdom they pass on. And I'm like, holy shit, that's great. Holy shit, that's great. So instead of pontificating when we give a class, I, I try to inspire them and get them put the products in their hands and let them start operating with it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, we do it this way. I peek around this way. And I'm like, Holy it's in, shit. It's, it's Intel, Bobby. It's yeah. increasing your knowledge but, and, it, uh, and you're passing that down. But also, you, you know, me and me and Bobby were talking about one of the classes that we had, uh, the not so pipe hitters, where did they sit? In the back. In the back. They tried to uh, don't try call to on avoid. Me. Yeah, don't call on me. Uh, they tried to avoid. <laughs> I, I could give a fuck. I'm waiting for my next. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm going to be adding here at four. I'll be at a detail in two minutes. But the pipe hitters, where where were they? Yeah, they're right up front. And then, you know front. what? They're learning and they're they're contributing. Yep. Yeah. And right. And, and listen, you know, one thing I, I, I've given classes all over the world. Like for, and, and sometimes they couldn't even speak our language, but we'd get that message across. But the most important thing is is to be able to, to, to give and take, right? Ebb and flow. Yeah. That classes are not about what I'm teaching you. It's about what we're learning together, right? Yeah. We're yeah. learning the op tempo. We're learning this together. Right. So um, it's pretty, it's, you know, Will is writing a book, how to teach anyone something, uh, how to teach all across the world about, because yeah. about, again, in special forces, we're instructors. Yeah. You know, we're not tier one operators as, you know, but can we do the job? Yeah, we can. But the most important thing is we're instructors. As an instructor and working with law enforcement, I can, I'm can. i baffled that the p- amount of politics you all have to fight. Yeah. And it, just, it, 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 it kills me yeah. because in the military, we didn't have this. But 
but but I, I, I'm an advocate for you all. I'm going to fight um, politically. I'm going to fight, uh, Paul, um, anything I can to get you guys the training that we can. And, um, you know, Iman, we're on the phone all the time trying to trying to get this stuff done. Yeah, no, and, and, and I truly appreciate it, Bobby, and I appreciate you coming on here to, uh, to talk about this very, very important topic and how it really needs to be out there. So, so Bobby, before we, uh, we, we end it, do you have anything? You got a quick couple minutes. Is there anything you want to say to the officers, the military members that, that are listening to this, to the civilians? Uh, go ahead. I'm, you got, go ahead. Okay, first the civilians, yeah. we have to support those who will support us. Without them standing on the wall, like the Roman Legion for generations and generations, standing on the wall, protecting those who need protecting. And we all need protecting. We're all going to get old. We're all, we all have children. We all need the protection. We have to support the people that are doing that job. And we can't just gloss over the fact that an officer has been killed in Arizona, killed in Chicago, killed in New York, and then just look at it because there, there is the fall of society. Yeah. So please call your politicians. Write to your politicians. Spend five minutes. That's how you can help. You feel bad for that officer dying? You want to write, write them a letter and say, I support more police training. I support. Listen, in the police training is about staying alive. It's yeah. about getting better products. Listen, police are bringing in the best products I have ever seen. Products that don't hurt people. Products that 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 um, that um, don't cause harm. Um, all these new and, and it can only be accomplished if we have a budget for them to do it, right? Yeah. And yep. we have the training yeah. and the people to do it. So you want to do something in this world, stop complaining. Um, call your politicians and tell them how much you support the police. Stop your car and tell them, hey, I support you guys. It may sound stupid, right? But it's not because, listen, how many times are they out there riding around thinking they're going to be ambushed because they're reading about it and um, and to have those the support of the, to win the hearts and minds of society is very good to have. Yeah. Now, I appreciate what you guys do because what you guys do is pretty ballsy. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Bobby. So I really mean that. Hey, no. So it's great to have you on, bud. And, Thank you. Uh, and it was, it was quite the show. Just hang out for a minute. We're going to do a quick outro and, and we'll, we'll be right back with you. All right. Just hang out. Okay. Bobby. Thanks brother. Dude. Isn't it always such an honor to get this guy on the show? Oh, absolutely. It's absolutely. fucking amazing. Now that he yeah. can't say anything and I have him muted. <laughs> <laughs> he's just sitting there. <laughs> yeah, he's talking like <laughs> Guys, but. Project Sapien, we want to say thank you to our tens of thousands of listeners. For, thank you for making us the number one military and law enforcement podcast on the planet. We want to say thank you to our supporters, AAA Police Supply. AAAPoliceSupply.com and enter code Project Sapien to save 20% off all your weapons accessories up until the end of December. DCD Automotive, which is the Bach Group, Vector Shields, Gym Junkies, Havoc Journal, Live Boston, Wellness for Warriors, OD Kit, Eagle Eye Firearms MA, GunTrack.app, Hule Law, Fit Cops 22 Mohawks, and Joint Operations. We also want to give a special shout out to Misty Lynch. MistyLynch.com. She's going to be coming on the show, helping families, officers, veterans start businesses, all kinds of really good financial information, guys. So we'll talk to you soon. Stay safe. Stay safe, Ian.